Well, here we are. What can we say about the biggest album of Kylie's career? Except for... And... And possibly even... Or possibly, I just got my sound effects mixed up. I'm not sure. Fever, it's the album that finally helped Kylie crack the United States. It's the album that sold more than 8 million copies worldwide. And it's the album that finally allowed Kylie fans everywhere to walk straight up to their mums, their dads, their brothers, their sisters, to strangers in the street, to all the doubters, and simply whisper one thing. See, I told you so. Aiden joins me via Skype from Canada. Welcome, Aiden. Hello, everyone. All I can say is kaboom. She she just like totally blow up, blow up, blew up out of. Um... Well, I guess that she was really not expecting it either, but um, I'm sure a lot of other people weren't either. Out of the blue, like a meteorite. Although, in saying that, I believe that she could get there. I remember saying at Impossible Princess, I was typing on Say Hey frantically, she will not only return to pop, she will redefine it. And here it was for us. So you're about to remind us all about that mega single, the one that I I just can't quite remember the name of. Uh, but first, a quick reminder about that first single. It was actually given a really solid outing before it was even released during the On A Night Like This tour. And you've got to trust me yes. on this, it was not, not a high point of the tour. It wasn't a low point either, but it was definitely, I went three times to On A Night Like This, and it was just that little interlude where the, lots of ladies would run off to the bathroom, people would go and grab a hot dog or whatever. It was a, it was a little break time for a lot of people. But can't get you out of my head, Aiden. What did it do? It did, oh my God, it did everything. Um, looking up today, I'm like looking at my notes I have here and I'm like, I don't even know where to start now. Because um, I just, what's not to say about this song? It's, uh, it pretty much did everything you could imagine for a pop song. Um, you know, entering at number one, both the uh, UK, Australian charts, number one in 40 countries throughout the world, um, including Canada. One of the most successful singles of all time, uh, five million copies uh, physical worldwide, uh, five million digital as well. And, and as you keep going, because we need to just get across the phenomenon that was this song and the video clip and the packaging and the marketing and poor Victoria Beckham crying in the oh, fetal yeah. position <laughs> during the whole thing, which was just added to the deliciousness of the whole of the whole scenario. But it would have been even bigger if they hadn't deleted it. Now, I'm not saying they should have done that, uh, shouldn't have done that. It was probably a really smart move. But the Can't Get You Out of My Head single was deleted because they thought, okay, they just, the momentum here was phenomenal. Let's push the album, let's move the album forward. They did all kinds of things, clever things. But this single, it would have been even bigger. Uh, one of the records that broke, uh, record-breaking eight weeks at number one on the Airplay chart in the UK, mm. um, became the first ever to obtain 3,000 radio plays in a single week. 3,000 um, radio plays in a single week. Like can can you believe that? Like um, it insane. Most played song of the in uh, the UK of two thousand one, 
overall sales in the UK alone, 1.2 million. It's her best-selling single uh, in the UK uh, as well as globally. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, this is an – okay, so this is an interesting fact in relation to um, her cracking America. Um, so Can't Get You Out of My Head only made it to number seven in the States. Um, the locomotion back in 1988-89 – uh, made it to number three. However, Can't Get You Out of My Head has actually sold more uh, in the US, uh, over 530,000 copies. Um, Locomotion only did uh, about 500K. Um, so the so chart position doesn't actually give it the, yeah, the full story, chart, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, chart position doesn't really mean anything. I mean, she's got plenty of uh, number twos that, out, that outsold her uh, number ones in the UK. Isn't this a great example of what happens when it all just comes together at once, right? And I know Kylie yeah. says the same thing, but I mean, it wasn't just the song. Even before it, there was this, there was media buzz because of the Victoria Beckham versus mm -hmm. Kylie thing. Uh, so there was already a, a, something generated about this song beforehand. Yeah. And then kaboom, this video clip. Jesus, it was phenomenal. We hadn't seen anything like this before. It was just so fresh, so modern. And I describe all of Fever, but particularly this song, as it's electronic, but very clean electronic. Sometimes you get mm. electronic music and it's just buzzing and all over the place, and that can be fun. But this was a very yeah. clean, white, electronic sound. I loved it. It really, it really did bring a new era whether people like to admit it or not, of, of pop songs. It did. And it set the trend. It was like, and I mean, Can't Get You Out of My Head is when my whole Kylie journey started. Like a lot of North American uh, people back in 2000, late 2001, early 2002. Is and that it was right? Actually, so it was this is where my, you caught on to Kylie, is it? This is where I, where I first caught on um, to Kylie. My, my family is actually from the UK. It was my mom who, and I can, I like, I remember this so well, her showing me um, the Can't Get You Out of My Head video. You remember those like quick time, like buffer, like yes. it would buffer for like 10, 15 minutes and then play. Very the um, novel was, at the time, I have to say. Yep, yep. <laughs> complete, like the <laughs> the quality was so bad compared, compared to today, but Buffering she showed me that minutes. video clip. Yep, yep. And I, I you know, I just was like... Who knew, like, 17 years later, I would still be here and be a huge fan. And, I mean, the video was absolutely everywhere. I mean, it wasn't just on the music channels. You went out, you went into mm -hmm. anywhere, like, that had a TV and you saw Can't Get You Out of My Head. Huge screens. I remember at the top of record stores, where the, the ones where you have to go down escalators to get down, and the huge screens, it was just on a loop. It was in video stores, DVD stores. It was just everywhere. It was amazing. It, it was... was everywhere. And every newspaper, every single day, would mm -hmm. have an article about Kylie not necessarily about the song, but because she was in, in the biggest possible way ever. She was in. Mm -hmm. And But then this new generation of fans coming in and just being amazed by this pop goddess who has all of a sudden come into their lives and been like, oh my God, where has she been my entire life? You know, these people, you know, you look at the um, footage back from her signing, I think it was at Virgin Records in New York City. Yes, I love And how that. swamped she was with fans absolutely 
everywhere. And didn't she like, look amazing when she went over there too? I often say when Kylie goes to America and does performances on TV and stuff, usually there's something off. I don't know what happens to her when she gets off on that plane, but not during the fever era. She looked phenomenal. It was just smack on. Everything was perfect. By the way, she can really I marry your mum for a second? My God, she's awesome. She introduced <laughs> you to this song. Get out. I My mum told me to turn it, it off. I, it's so it's so funny because our reminder of that. Oh, she, so sounds like, she sounds like a good stick. Talk to me about this video clip. Can't get you out of my head. First thing that's talked about is that you know that big. Um, well, not really. It, it, she looks so tall in the video where she's wearing that white kind of gown, the hooded capey, white hood jumpsuit, kind of thing. the one that you know she's comedians love to get yeah. into now. Yes, that she was yeah. taped into apparently. Taped into, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> she's just I mean, seducing the viewer though the whole time she's yeah. just making love to the viewer incredible stuff mm. i also remember around this time she was so in kylie was so in that they even said that uh the taliban were furious about kylie because she represented everything <laughs> about a liberated woman um yeah i think it was a big media beat up don't get me wrong but i, I think mm. the spirit of it was true and it also just goes to show how huge she was that in the aftermath of september 11 mm-hmm. um she just represented hope and fun and joy and yeah. kylie became such a symbol for you know actually this is just the joy and the freedom that that we take for granted we got to we can't forget that fever can't get you out of my head they were against the backdrop of September 11, which really did shift the world and and made a lot of people despair. So this album came through as a ray of hope and light and fun at a time where, God, it was sorely needed. Yeah. I think think that's a really interesting perspective and something I didn't think about for for a lot of years. Um, You know, it it can't get you out of my head and uh, fever was happening concurrently. or just after that time. So looking at the artwork and the imagery of this album, you've talked about cohesion in this album, not only in the sound though, was it, or in the video clips, it was it was throughout the whole package because the artwork for this album, even the font that they decided to use, everything was schmick, it was spot on. It, it pops out, it's you know not overly complicated, but it's very, um, I think, like um, an album like Light Years represents the album really well and just holding up that microphone I think it's almost like you know her saying this is it you know this is the album um, and this is what I do as well this is yeah. what I do I loved it it was yeah. it was sort of very unapologetic in a way I loved it yeah. the confidence of having a microphone for example for me whether I, I read way too much into things but having a microphone in her hand show i am a singer when obviously her voice has been one of the mm-hmm. most criticized parts of her career bold i thought it was awesome and sent a very clear message this is what i do can you tell i'm gushing like i feel like an eight-year-old girl here who's just yeah got a cupcake here but i'm also thinking the b-sides the b-sides don't deserve to be called b-sides they were fantastic they all could have been on the album or singles really i mean the, the beats i i love to this day a lot of the b-sides more than some of the album tracks i i love yeah. them so the b all the b-sides that were included on the singles and uh, plus um whenever you feel like it were included on some version of the album somewhere on earth um 
I, yeah, just thinking about that now, I think that's the only, her only album to do that. Where somewhere, whether it was Japan, where whether it was Australia, here in Canada, the B sides were featured on some version of the album somewhere. What did we have? We had Boy as the B side of mm-hmm. Can't Get You Out of My Head. Somewhere along the line, there was yeah. Rendezvous at Sunset. Tightrope was a bonus track on the Australian album. For me, it never felt like a bonus track because it was just always there on the version that I bought. Yeah. Uh, Baby, which I love. Yeah, my favourite. Oh, good. We share the same favourite. A lot of people don't particularly like that track, but Baby, good like that was there too. Boy uh, Boy was on the US edition of the album. Along, really? Along with Butterfly. Get out, um, Butterfly. They finally yeah, realised their error. Butterfly on the US edition of Fever oh, and fantastic. I think they did that because of its because of its club success. I I, I feel like that's why they did that. You're, you're um, spot on because Butterfly was a success in America. It was don't forget between Enjoy Yourself, between Enjoy Yourself and Fever there were no Kylie releases except for the the limited release of Butterfly which was actually a fairly good club hit, wasn't it? Or dance hit in in the states. Yeah. Yeah. I reached the top 20 which mm. is uh, good. Scooby Doo was out as a movie at the time. She had Whenever You Feel Like It as as a track off that. Yeah. I'm not particularly keen on that. But there's a couple of versions of that, by the way. There's one version that yeah. I, I can tolerate and the other one, yeah, not so much. I hear apparently um, it came actually from the Lightyear sessions originally ah. uh, and was a demo during Lightyears and then they ah. carried it over to the Fever era completely reproduced it and uh, used it for scooby-doo oh there you go see and that makes sense because for me it never quite fit the project not a criticism at all but more 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 it never sat right with me as the as the opening track of the album most fans disagree with me i'm aware of that what did you make of more 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 track one on fever i very much i i like more 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 it's um definitely um you know fits the album overall that the kind of new disco uh, sound to it it's very uh I, my one criticism would be that it's very long um you know Four for the longest 40. track on the album mm. to stick it at number one uh kind of drags on a little bit and very um uh kind of uh weird is that it's really only her second album to not use the lead single as the opening track yes. unless you password Thank you. On, on uh, light years, it's, so it's 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 an anomaly in a discography because it's like this isn't the lead single, <laughs> and, and and it was brave because how can't you have can't get you out of my head as the number one track on the album? But that's what I mean. This was not paint by numbers. This was a true creative mm-hmm. project, and it came together very fast. She often talks about this project was. Uh, relatively easy compared to other recordings certainly compared to x or something like that where they just trolled through dozens and dozens of songs this came along quite fast track two on the album is actually single two uh, sorry single three off the album which is love at first sight which i was very excited because i like it when kylie releases songs with the same name i don't know why it's just a bit weird clearly it's a kylie favorite i think personally because she had a lot of a hand in writing it so she's very proud of this track but yeah she does it to death doesn't she in tours so clearly it's a favorite she does on i mean to be really honest i wouldn't miss it in the set list if she took it out yeah no she should take it out of tours but as as a track and as a single fantastic i absolutely i love the video clip too those funny little dance moves though they look yeah. easy. 
but trust me, I'm doing them as we speak. They're hard to do, very difficult. It's funny. It's actually funny you, you said it was the second single at first, because for a long time, I actually thought it was the second single because it technically was here. Um, we kind of we you did got get the remake over there in America and Canada, and didn't you? That horrible pansy style remake of this song. We did. But love at first sight, an amazing uh, track on Fever, and then we come to track three, which we've spoken about. Can't get you out of my head. Uh, should we rave any more about this? It is worth mentioning that Kathy Dennis and Rob Davis actually wrote this, and. Uh, th- didn't somebody else almost get their clutches? Another artist almost got their clutches. Sophie Ellis Baxter. That's right. It's just it's another one of those tracks that was meant that was meant for her. Yes. No one else was supposed to have it. No. When you know, reading and listening to her talk about how she heard the demo and she was like, "Oh my god, like this is it." She knew she had struck gold. She knew it was going to be a hit. Yeah. Sometimes when I listen to it, I I, I kind of think oh my god like is this how she felt when she heard it for the first time because it really is it's an absolute stroke of pop perfection if it had been sung by sophie ellis baxter even if it even in its most beautifully produced form it wouldn't have been the same hit no track four on the album is fever it's the title track what do we make of fever it's sort of a, a little bit divisive this track i love it definitely not my favorite title track of hers but it it has grown on me a lot over the years i used to really dislike it Mm. um quite uh you know i've joked with other people you know she's the only pop star out there that could make being gravely ill sexy um, (laughs) with with the with the with you know, because the <laughs> lyrics do deal with kind of talking about illness. I'm you know she's using her you know Kylie charming innuendo and everything. And it's interesting it. you say that because I also think only she could get away with that performance she did on the audience with Kylie in the UK, yeah. but where Boy George was in the audience because it's just stupid. Yeah, and I mean she's being wheeled around and on. The, I mean on the tour as well, wheeled around in a hospital bed. Yes, yes, like, oh like you say, bringing making sex. Uh, Making illness sexy, that's quite funny. Now, track five, oh, God. Okay. Uh, on Enjoy Yourself, there was a song that it took me months to work out. What, where is this song about recycling? And I finally found it. It was Heaven and Earth. On this album, there was a rumour that there was a... And remember, the internet, it was around, but it wasn't as prolific as it was. There was a rumour that there was a song about anal sex on this album somewhere. Oh, my God. I know. And it, it was like, Really? Maybe it's uh, Bernie Up. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. but apparently, give it to me. <laughs> it's give it to me. <laughs> Did you know How that? could I miss that? <laughs> so, I, I hate this track. <laughs> like, that, there's like no other way either. to put it. I think it's just, I think Fever could completely do without it, and it wouldn't, it yeah. wouldn't change the album at all. Um, and actually, speaking of... Um, carrying over from light years apparently this is another song that was written during light years get out um, really era and if you actually look if you go into the writing credits and who produced it same guy as butterfly oh, produced it and, and steve it. anderson too i think you're yes. right though yeah butterfly man good on so, you i think you're onto something apparently the, apparently the light the light years demo is never leaked but apparently it does exist absolute dud probably the only one on the album 
And when I finally get my opportunity to have the fan interview with Kylie, which I know I'm going to get sometime in my life where I can ask her all the most ridiculous questions where she's going to whisper to her mind, can you get me out of here? I can't stand it yeah. anymore. But one of my <laughs> questions sure would thing. be, what, what? give what to you? Give what to you, yeah. Kylie? What, what? What? Give what to you? Track six on the album, Fragile. I mean, I don't know if this can be counted as a ballad, but it's it, it tones things down a little bit though, doesn't it? Fragile. I, I think it's very underrated, actually. It's uh, it's a very sweet song. Mm. Uh, probably, yeah, the ballad of the album in, in its context. And for those of you who owned Fever on cassette, like I did, I owned it in every format, let's be fair, but Fragile completed side one. Time to turn the track and then on side two we had come into my world now i find this really interesting that she loved the track but didn't so much love her own uh, vocals on this track on the album yeah. version which you know you'd think that she would have cleaned that up before it got to the album but no she let it go but when she wanted it to be a single or when they decided it was going to be a single she went straight back into the studio the original album version is actually uh, I, it, it sounds a bit demo-ish to me mm. um, in comparison to what then became the single slash second uh, album version um, I've grown to like the original album version I think it does it, I, I think it has a little bit more of, of what Fever is overall at its core more of a, an electronic um, sound overall um, you know definitely a more stripped back uh, production it's although um, i have to say sorry to cut you off aiden but i i do i get motion sickness at the best of times yeah. watching this video clip actually causes a little bit of nausea for me in the best possible well, it, way it, i can i can totally see why there's so much happening in the <laughs> in the video just all over but this is this is the first release i remember anticipating a first single release um and the first actual you know we got a canadian single cd single of it yay um it was relatively it was it was successful here actually um it got airplay it got video play i remember sitting waiting you know reading kylie.com and being like coming to my world is coming out on this date and then seeing the video and i'm like oh my god there's four of her how did (laughs) she do that um she you know what she likes videos with multiples of herself you know did it again she loves having multiples of herself but i think i think this one yeah i I like did it again more actually but i think this one is just it's it's charming and just you know singing into the camera dancing around there's so much hell going on around her and she's just there singing into the camera with her shopping what could be better track eight in your eyes now I've, i've got to say with this track when i was first listening to fever over and over and over and over again when it was first released uh this one stood out for me i was like that has to be single two i love this song um i have to admit i think it's a little bit overdone now probably my own fault there for listening to it so many times but yeah a fantastic track i i like it very much it's got a more of a a darker tone Mm. um than the other singles i like the video clip um i love when she like punches the screen and it's like kylie mm. and she has that ring i wanted that so bad <laughs> the ring the kylie ring logo she had i'm like where do i get myself one of those like i wanted it so bad now i know and what to actually, buy you for christmas yes please do <laughs> <laughs> i'll wear it every day and then you know when 
I need a moment to buy the punch. <laughs> You'll just brand people okay. that you don't like. Oh, actually, will you brand people you don't like or brand people that you do like? Um, I guess it has different purposes. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on your Depending mood, on right? Situation. Loving it. It was a big hit as well in your eyes. Uh, followed that electronic theme as well. And I believe Kylie played a part in writing this song as well. So, yeah. And, and yeah. I also want to add that we love, the fans love it when there is a song that she can sing on tour or at a live performance where there's a, a particular note that just gets us going like, yes, suck it, she can sing. Your disco needs you, confide in me. There's one here too, in In Your Eyes. Track nine, Dance Floor. Now, this is much maligned, but I actually don't mind the track. What do you make of this song? It's not too bad, is it? I I don't mind it either. I think uh, I've heard uh, other fans call it Grey Day, Grey Day filler. I think <laughs> for... I think it is a filler on the album, um, to be honest, but, uh, you know, in terms of what a filler could be, it's not bad. It's uh, catchy. Yeah. It's, uh, it's you know, Kylie all over, um, you know, the dance floor. and Exactly. Just Very a lighthearted track. I like it. For, it's uh, got a few good hooks to it. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Now we get into... I play it quite regularly, actually. Yeah, I like it too. Yeah, I don't skip it. A lot of fans do, though. But track 10 and 11, Love Affair and Your Love. Now, these get into a very mature part of the album, frankly, in my opinion. Like, they're very... Um, they're mature songs. Well-developed, well-constructed. Uh, wouldn't be suitable for a teeny bopper musician. I think that these represent the direction a lot of people still, to this day, want Kylie to head down. I mean, Love Affair, Love Affair is actually another one that took uh, a while to grow on me, but I absolutely love it now. Um, I think it, ha- it, it I think it could have been potentially uh, a single. It's got that, you know, little bit of a darker edge to it. Catchy track. Um, I wish she'd do it live, actually. Yes. She never has, but um, yeah, I'm definitely a fan. I've... I've seen so many people crucify your love in it. I think it's actually probably one of my favorites on the album. I think the production is absolutely. I love the guitar. Yes. Uh, throughout the song, it's it's brilliant. Probably within my my top three of the album. Now the final track on the album, True, is Burning Up. I love this track. I I wouldn't go as far as to say it was a missed single opportunity because I get why they went everywhere they went with Fever but it could have been a single in my opinion I love the Fever tour version of this I love the um the projections they have behind her when they're doing this just fantastic imagery really there and I also love the fact that during one of the performances of Burning Up that big huge volcanic dress that she was wearing Mm -hmm. got ripped off completely revealing everything that was going on underneath quite a fun yes. moment in Kylie history um, I think it's a very good closer to the album uh, fits uh, very well at least the standard album anyway um, got that uh, very you know kind of s- slow beginning and the build up and then all of a sudden you have this chorus and it's just totally like uh, dance and pop and you, you can you can move to it and actually I think it was um potentially considered as a single at one point but they um moved on um instead of releasing it um i think it was supposed to potentially come after coming to my world i've heard before 
Well, tell me about this. Like, we've got the biggest album of of her career, and unless you lived it, you don't understand. There was just such momentum here. Was it right? Why only four singles? I mean, surely we we talk about missed single opportunities with other albums here. I mean, there was just a missed opportunity for more singles, wasn't there? Surely. Why did they wrap the project up? Not so quickly, per se, but so prematurely. I, I actually like the amount of singles, and I think, in my opinion, Fever has the most immaculate singles run of any of her albums uh, to date. Um, definitely her most successful uh, run, that's for sure. Yes. Um, perfect choices. Um, yeah, I think I think they could have kept going and milked, milked it a little bit more. Um, I've heard, uh, apparently, title track Fever was potentially considered at I one point as well. I heard that too that would have been a mistake uh, when we look at the fever album chart wise around the world number one in australia number one in austria number one in germany number one in ireland number one in scotland number one in the uk in the us uh, it got to number three is is uh, you were talking about can't get you out of my head before i think so yeah in the actual yeah. album uh, got to number, number three out peaked can't yes. get you out of my head and actually here in canada it peaked at number 10 um and actually the the thing that always shocks me and this is the thing about charts not equaling sales or success is aphrodite actually charted higher here it reached number eight yeah um but the fever has sold truckloads more than aphrodite that's for sure and as i said in the intro eight million copies well well in excess of 8 million copies sold worldwide but I mean just in the UK alone there was like 5 times platinum and 7 times mm-hmm. platinum in Australia and it just and it was lingering because you know Kylie albums um, sometimes they don't linger for very long like they'll have a peak yeah. because of the, the fan base really and then they'll, they'll drop this just lingered and lingered and lingered for more than a year easily probably well over a year in fact Yeah, and uh, I was just looking earlier it was on the year-end charts in i think australia and i think the uk as well three years in a row 2001 2002 2003 made an appearance on the year end um i know definitely in australia it did so mind mind blowing that it did that and it kept that momentum uh really for two two to three years and this was the album that was you know it was the meeting of of commercial success with critical um praise and and definitely this is the album and and the songs on this album are those that are her legacy important question to finish up on though fever was her biggest selling album her most commercially successful possibly her most praised album is it her best album aiden no (laughs) it's uh it's not i prefer when kylie is more artistic and uh, go on call the shots what, what's the best album just give it experimental. a name I, I you know i'm one of the people i love impossible princess ah, it, you know i'm one of those people i'm like <laughs> you know sometimes i think i'm like um oh, i kind of look around and i'm like oh my god maybe i'm not so unique a lot of people <laughs> like impossible princess it's, could it be um, her most exciting then would you would you acknowledge that because you I, lived through I, this era, I, right? It was an exciting time to be a fan. Absolutely, it's her best. It's her best era, as a to be a Kylie fan during the Fever era. You struck gold, because it was it was just something that words cannot put into 
in, in you cannot put it into words. You had to be there. And whether you like it or not, she made a huge impact on pop culture at the time. And you can deny all you want, but she came out there and, and she changed she changed everything. <laughs> so lucky to have lived through it and to look back on it now and you know, just how much she loved it and how important it still is for her today, how important it is for me as a, a fan. Um, I have, you know, I, I say it's not her best, but I, I surely, you know, don't bite the hand that fed you, right? Um, <laughs> That's right. Because it's like, without Fever, I may not even know who the hell Kylie Minogue is. And I like um, what you said last time, when, when Fever hit the jackpot in the United States and Canada. You said it, it opened the floodgates for all her previous work to be released over there, or at least available mm-hmm. over there, right? It was... I actually jotted a few things down. It was insane. You went... I mean, um, I think of when I go into a big record store and it's like they've got piles and piles of the biggest acts, Madonna, and their, you know, their racks are extending a few rows and everything. They have so much. That was Kylie at the time. Mm. You, I would flip through, and it's like they had so much. I remember a few things seeing, you know, the greatest remix hit series. The are so many copies of Light Years, including the special edition. Um, Fever, obviously, import singles. They had everything. It all the way back to her, her first album. It was it was insane, and I wanted all of it. I knew I would love it. Aiden, I'm so glad that Fever sort of opened those floodgates for all those American and Canadian fans. That that warms the cockles of my heart. I have to say, Aiden, thank you so much for talking Fever with me tonight. You're welcome. This was amazing. It's uh, uh, I'm I'm so glad I get to uh, participate. And um, we and uh, Kylie, if you're listening. Your Canadian fans are here. Your US fans are here. We're we're here. We want you to come. Well, come tour. Hang on, we uh, Kylie. You. Kylie, listen. Just don't listen to him. Come to Australia first, because you've only released those dancing yeah. tour dates in the UK. Forget yeah, Canada what the hell, America. Kylie? You know, there's not many fans <laughs> over there. No, don't listen to but him. We're here. I'm one of the. <laughs> come perform an exclusive show. Do you know what you should do, Aiden? You should come to Australia. Um, tentative plans uh, to do something if she doesn't come. Yay! Um, there you go. So, we'll see what happens. We'll do a face-to-face uh, podcast. No more skyping. I'm like, oh my god, I cannot die without seeing her. <laughs> no, you can't. You or don't deserve her. that. Nobody you know. deserves that. Aiden, thanks for yeah. your time. Thank you. Good we'll night. see you again next time.